Welcome to Be Transformed with your host, Reverend Christopher Leshberg. Be Transformed is an outreach of Romans 12.2 Men's Ministry, empowering men to overcome and thrive by breaking cycles of addiction, trauma, and generational curses. Romans 12.2's vision is healing families and society by transforming the minds of men into the mind of Christ through discipleship within a community of warriors for the kingdom of heaven. You can text or call them at 512 that's 238-0000 or romans-122.org. Romans-the-number-one-number-two-letters-t-w-o.org. Now, here's Christopher. Welcome back this, to Be Transformed. This is episode number two, our Pops Culture. And I have with me special guest, special friend, Isaac Cormier. He and I have been tracking since about 2000 time frame and ushered into our lives and and one of th- one of the ways to introduce him is uh right now titles vice president of Romans 12:2 board member outreach director is very much involved in our day-to-day operations and boots on the ground changing people's lives just like his life has been changed Ike to Isaac uh, Lord willing will be our episode 3 this next week to get to hear more in depth of, of his testimony. Today we want to unpack what, what has become now part of our culture, Pops culture. And in a little bit of review, we went through a bit of my testimony last week in episode one, Krista Christopher. Uh, we talked about the need out there. We talked about the that 99% of the demand for sex trafficking is, is men, that 95% of women and children are victims. Uh, the average age of entry is 12. Average lifespan seven years after they enter in. Less than two percent are rescued. We talked about one out of three women being sexually abused. One out of six men. But these are reported cases. You heard some of my testimony towards that. My wife and I did not report. So the statistics are, are more than that. We talked about seven out of ten Christian men are trapped in sexual bondage and porn addiction. Five out of ten male pastors, leaders, five out of seven of those do not have anyone significant in their life to talk to about this thing. And that's, at the end of the day, why we are out pursuing others to join us in this in this process of, of becoming something new, this process of being transformed. So in part of that testimony, you've got an eyewitness here since 2000, one of the ways that we convey it is that we've run the streets longer. We've been in our flesh longer than we've been in the fle- in the spirit. We've been Ike and Chris longer than we've been Isaac and Christopher. And that's starting to change. We're starting to catch up on that time frame. But uh, essentially 2000 to, uh, to 2015 for me and then uh, 2017 for Isaac uh, becoming... The Proverbs three man and that transformation. So this this episode we'd like to dive into that that time frame. You know between 2000 and into 2017, and then some of the things that you've experienced before we had the actual uh, from we believe from God the title of Romans 12:2 men's ministry. Before we had the organization towards that pops culture, let's go back to how that developed. And, and just quickly, Pop's culture is is plank-first mentality. It's obedience. It's being proactive. 
it's sword and pointing our sword outward. And we'll come back around to that and define those a little, little more succinctly. But for now, Isaac, would you share a little bit about what's on your heart in that, in that time frame? Yeah, definitely, Christopher. <clears throat> Thank you so much. And yes, that was a time frame, as you heard some of the episode one with Chris. Uh, my false self was Ike. Uh, uh, big Ike, too. You could put that analogy in front. But, uh, man, this, yeah, the knowing Christ, we, we both had Christ in our heart during that time frame, but we still were, um, as you said, running the streets, but it was more competitiveness as that's when we kind of first met was on a basketball court in Hutto in that little town there at your so-called, uh, big, st- uh, stadium that was in the elementary school, I believe we were playing <laughs> some pickup ball there. Yeah. And, all uh, one. yeah. And I was like. <laughs> Uh, hey man, I'm on your team. Let me get down there and get a rebound. You're uh, throwing up those half court shots, and I was like, it went in. I was like, okay, never mind. I don't have to run all the way down there. Just keep making those. <laughs> but uh, it's kind of that that mentality that kind of brought us together. That we just kind of kept connecting in those competitive ways, and and knowing you know we had that form of riding that fence, and you know I got this mentality, and that kind of kept bringing us you know back and forth. That's that was that. Chris and Ike hanging out, but you know, that time frame was really, really something that was more of a challenge to get a, past the lies that were instilled yeah. in us and that struggle between those strongholds. But uh, we could still tell there was something deep within our truest selves were still, you know, forming. Yeah. So. Without those definitions, right? This yeah. is in retrospect, and we get to look back and go, wow, I, you know, you heard in my testimony, saved in 95. I come to understand grace over works. And I came to understand later in our, much later in our walk, that you were saved in, in uh, high school time frame. Right. Um, so tell us a little bit about that and how, you know, you and I and our, on our expressions of false selves still had this this salvation moment had this transformation in the spirit yet we're walking it out and in, in ways that that almost don't even look like we're we're who we say we are or who we believe we to be who who we believe to we are right, right. yeah definitely so um growing up it wasn't that uh i thought it was normal uh, as I've learned through some of the groups that I've been through and able to talk more of this stuff out and go through some traumas and past events and, and things and getting in a group because, you know, I thought I was all alone. Uh, but what Romans 12, two we bring is curriculum where guys could have a safe place to talk about these things. And that's what developed in here. And uh, so through that, <clears throat> it was this uh, time frame of uh, I didn't get the church upbringing. It was more abusive up to that point. Mm-hmm. So when I was 17, I jumped out and said I was done being around that, and I was able at 17 so I could go out on my own, and I had a friend in Elkhart that I went to go stay with, and that's when I met a couple other friends that kind of showed me and, and pursued me and started telling me more about this Christ guy, mm-hmm. right. <laughs> Jesus, yeah. Right. And I was like, yeah, I don't get what you are saying. Okay, but I could see in them the light that their parents, like we talk about generations, that their parents was instilling in them. Yeah. I mean, because they're my age and talking about this. I was like, no, that, I don't know what you're talking about. But accepting uh, Christ in my heart was 
me and my buddy from there took a trip up to New Hampshire. And in case y'all didn't know, that's where that's where Jesus was for me when I accepted Christ, my Lord Savior, and opened my heart and answered the call. So uh, coming back to where that was, I started digging in into the scriptures, started digging in about for a good six months. And then that's when it really, uh, one of those limbic lies hit me again. I went back home. I was like, I'm going to share this with everybody in my family. They're going to know Christ. And then it was uh, my mom's ber- uh, husband was like, or boyfriend at the time, you can't tell me what's in my heart. And then another lie hit me was, you know what you're reading in there, you're going to be held accountable for. So I shut my Bible. And that's when I started abusing that grace and that time frame. Mm. But I still claimed Christ in my heart. Yeah. So that's when we met and started going. So that's that whole time frame of switching, abusing his grace. Yeah. And not truly knowing when I became a man. Yeah really that's really good. stuck with me man that's a poignant question when did we become a man mm-hmm. like that's a rites of passages just hardly do not hardly exist anymore in our culture especially in our western culture right but man the idea that we we both had this background and that spiritually we had this transformation that happened in an instant yet we were playing it out as if we we could have both and and hearing my testimony part the son get off the fence i mean god thin the veil to come and have some presence some divine presence to put the fear of god in me and it did work i did change i did do a 180 right and and, and it sounds like that was part of your story as well where you're you're pursuing but then when you started to you know get this more truth in your life it's like well i don't want to be responsible for that's too much i'm gonna mm-hmm. shut this book so then you have that in the ba- in the background but now we're starting to exercise uh in in your walk and in, in our walk together where we feel like it seemed like we felt like we're entitled to these activities uh, competition we were finding identity in uh, washers poker uh, work finances marriage kids houses things that were that that helped us to see or felt like helped us to see okay we are succeeding like i'm not what i used to be i'm not i'm not what my family was i'm I'm doing better than that so because i'm doing better than that i deserve these kind of things does that sound about like what what some of the thought process was if there was any thoughts towards it yeah and then that brings me to the you know be careful how you measure Mm. Um, cause yes, I started to get that status of, okay, yeah. Coming from pretty much, it felt like nothing in it and all the stuff to yeah. now I got the nice neighborhood and the house and I'm doing for my sons and, mm. and my family. And this is a status as I've heard you share before, you know, putting on that mask or that, mm. or that yeah. proverbial, but you know, that inside was not matching up to mm. all the outside stuff. I was like, I still didn't feel worthy of what I accomplishing uh, this success um, or so-called success if you label it worldly success Mm. Um, but deep down I mean I felt like I was you know exampling by just taking or showing up to church with you know the family or or just going through the motions or doing the check boxes and and, you know I just felt like I was just running through like the game of just life it was I didn't 
didn't have no feeling. It's, I don't know really how to explain that. It was just the hurt inside. Just was, I was going through it. Yeah. But I didn't know how to express the hurt I haven't mm. dealt with. Yeah. So then I would go tend to go to drinking a little here and there, but then I would blow up at my ex-wife at the time. Right. And just kind of, and she'd be like, "That stuff never happened. What are you talking about?" But mm. it was stuff in my in my trauma responses that I were see. play replaying yeah. through those moments of the success, so-called. Right. Right. Yeah. So in these moments of and that, what we know now, right? right? This is again retrospect, but raw spots are going up against w- unhealed wounds, mm-hmm. and these unhealed wounds now are actually from trauma. Now there's some sort of stimuli going on with the ex-wife and, and the situation, and you respond, but you're actually reacting to what is really the trauma before, way, way, sometimes way back in childhood, mm-hmm. but. You're in the present responding, reacting in a way that she's like, that didn't happen. That's not even. But to you, it's very real because, again, a raw spot. It's now triggered you and now you're reacting. And and, and as you as we move into the intersection here with 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 our walk and moving into uh, Romans 12, two, one of the things that you've articulated is that I didn't have emotions. My wife was my emotion. So. As you're, again, in retrospect, you're, you're seeing that you're reacting. Could you, would, were you able to tell in the moment as you're reacting to your ex-wife in, in these harmful ways that that truly wasn't the situation? Or were you still believing, oh, no, there's enough signs of, of, of what's in front of me that, that I'm justified in reacting this way? Which way do you think it was back then? Yeah, back then it was... Uh... It was a response of just not seeing what was happening. Like it was mm. a total, I would say, blackout mm. or just yeah. red eye. Yeah. Like I almost had to physically damage something or hurt myself to kind of come back to reality. I see. I see. So that was yeah. so. Yeah, it was it's through a trauma response and, yeah. and triggering mechanisms that I knew I was going down a path, and the only way I could get out of it was okay. Now I got to do something harsh. Not to the mm. person or to people, but yeah. to myself. What I thought I was doing just to myself, but I was hurting so many people around me and others and pushing them away. And one of those characterizations of the false self has been hulking out. Right. And that was that was part of what that was going on, right? The physical response to something much deeper. Correct. And really not able to understand that it's something deeper, not knowing that it is something that there's actually these unhealed wounds. But trying to navigate life the best you could, and then that point of my I don't have emotions, my wife is the emotions, you know, mm-hmm. talk a little bit about that, yeah, like yeah, so with the emotional side of that, yes, so if if I could not like it was so suppressed, like I don't even talk about it or deal with it it's like it's just like a brush everything off. Life is just going to move. The earth's still going to rotate around the sun. This is kind of flying by the seat of my pants kind of thing. Mm. So when it comes to emotions, yes, men don't have emotions. Men don't cry. You just keep moving forward, buckle up, yeah. move it. And, uh, yeah. yeah, so when she was – she is my emotion because if she got emotional, then I would step up and turn into the Hulk and go angry and make everything – the situation change by my own – Hulk and, and stature, um, mm. standing six four two sixty. It's it's pretty. 
I think it's intimidating if you start seeing a red face and mm. and stomping feet and yeah. smashing chests and, and yeah. if they're not, then okay, it's time to really hook some stuff up. Mm. But uh, just a little origin background on mm. the Hulk, since you brought that up, yeah. when I was two years old, uh, and I remember this because I put my little pinky, right pinky, I was thinking I was the Hulk, and it was mm-hmm. at my two-year-old time frame, and I went to go stick in a metal fan to stop the metal fan, and it chopped my finger off. Oh, so that that stuck with me, mm. being the Hulk that I had to right. Hulk out before I wanted to stop anything that's in my path or in my way. Mm. But uh, no reason I knew is too because that's the stories, but that stuck with me. I remember my mom taking care of me in the bathtub and having to dress the pinky mm. from that time frame Man. so that's that's kind of my alter yeah hulk just hulk out don't get emotional don't get nothing stop everything stop mess yeah. up the whole atmosphere basically right right run everybody off yes run the thing off right. to, to so i can be okay and, right and it it was after 2017 that you started to connect these dots right correct so again, Lord willing, we want to unpack Ike to Isaac more next week, yeah. and and as we uh, as we move into now that 2017 uh, stake in the ground because mm. this is a previous uh, marriage uh, prior to his current marriage that we're discussing, uh, you know, childhood time frame into that previous marriage. So now, so that we can unpack a bit more of the pop's culture, the plank, the obedience, the proactive and sword components of Romans 12:2. Tell us a little bit about what what ushered in that that movement towards uh, that stake in the ground and accepting in that plank fashion who you really are, Ike and Isaac kind of thing. Yeah, definitely. So, yeah, that was a that was a hard time to to bring up, but it was a is a point I saw in my ex where. We've had these conversations, but she finally said, I think it's time for you to go. Mm-hmm. And I could see it in that point in her eyes that this wasn't a no, just go away for the weekend because I've been doing a lot of that with my entitlement. Mm-hmm. And uh, this was like separation time. So, And uh, having three boys, uh, I didn't want to, you know, I started to feel that unworthiness, and I was like, okay. And I knew at the time, Chris, you went through some uh, – through this and yeah. and through divorce and yeah. and I reached out to you and you reached back and said to start meeting. I uh, didn't know what a spiritual stake was, <laughs> uh, but we started meeting one on one and you started coming alongside as you shared with your previous uh, spiritual fathers and mm-hmm. you, and you example that and you and we got into that you know every man's. Uh, Every man's battle. Right. Yeah, Steve and, Afterburn. And that was a hard read for me because I was so much in denial at the time. And uh, basically that proactiveness there was reaching out to you. Yeah. And then being obedient by um, humbling myself enough to listen to a guy I've been running the streets with for a while and, and, and being yeah. competitive to humble myself enough to go, okay, maybe I should do this. He's he's done a little bit of work here. Um Let's interest real quick on that because man, the hypocrite. I mean, the guy running the streets with the, the hypocrite, the Chris. Like what? Yet there's a transcendence. There was something that you mentioned in your story several times already that there was something inner, right? There's this spiritual component that we can identify now that draws us to be better, that draws us to to transcend what's going on in the flesh. And 
somehow you were able to connect with that transcendence. You know, it, it was both and. It was a transcendence in the spirit and the uh, what you said, the example, what you saw me go through and, and, and feel like there was something I could help you with. And you said the right words right there, the submission, the surrender, not to a human being per se, not in a way that's like hierarchical with some domineering dominant structure here, but a, a way that's down the path a little further, right? Mm-hmm. This ancient path, a narrow way, and, and seeing that there's fruit that you could then perhaps benefit from and and find some more peace. Is that fair? Yeah, no, that's very correct there. And it was a submission process as I saw you going through and because the fruit was there, you were showing fruit from it. I mean, yeah. I could see the struggle and the wrestling and the hurt, even though I wasn't there yeah. <laughs> as much. I was still going, yeah, talking down and being the Ike. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, the proactive was there in that time frame. It really was uh, the plank. I had to really start looking at the plank uh, because I've had that veil of mask and reputation and status. So started looking at that plank perspective was uh was that matthew as you i think you shared in the last episode the matthew five twenty eight. yeah the if right. you so looked at a woman lustfully with her in your heart you have committed adultery yeah and that really brought me down to my knees and started that humbling process and going through that and then uh started to be obedient by taking things out of my house starting to making a war room under my staircase and actually seeking that I could no longer do this on my own. That's right. Community. Yeah. So, and that's one of the, as Dr. Roberts in our one one our conquer series offered by pure desire and soul refiner is that there's a noose of addiction. And one of the strands in that noose is the cloak of denial. And that's why part of why we, the plank first mentality is so incredibly important to our culture and what you represented of of Ike to Isaac and in peeling back those layers and, and willing to dig deeper, right? As, as again, Jesus says in, in Matthew 7, 5, you hypocrite, first take the plank out of your own eye and then you will see clearly to remove the speck in your brother's eye. Romans 12, 2, men speak, teach, and lead through personal testimony first and foremost. Experience over theory. We hold to the compassionate, authentic, real, empathetic approach Jesus commands us to uphold so that we are not hypocrites. Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, let me take out the speck in your own eye, when all the time you have a plank in your own, you hypocrite? First take out the plank in your own eye, and then you will see clearly remove the speck in your brother's eye. Matthew 7, 3 through 5. And then, O for obedience. Take every thought captive and make it obedient to Christ. 2 Corinthians 10, 6. Romans 12, 2 men are in the process of becoming warriors for the kingdom of heaven by focusing on our thought life as that leads to words that lead to actions, that lead to habits, that lead to character, that lead to destiny, that leaves a legacy. And that obedience component is we have to be willing to be submissive to others in other men in our life. The saying is, men make men. We talked a little bit about last episode. And then to move into proactivity. Present our bodies 
as a living and holy sacrifice. Be not conformed to this world. Be transformed. Romans 12, 1 and 2. Romans 12, 2 men are in the process of becoming our truest self. And our most spiritually mature selves are personified by our progression towards proactiveness. Presenting our bodies as a living and holy sacrifice, not being conformed to this world, allowing for a process of true transformation by surrendering. And then S for sword. Take up the sword of the Spirit, Ephesians six seventeen, Romans 12, 2, men, take up the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, specifically by memorizing Scripture, which develops new pathways in our emotional brain so that when we go limbic, when we react, it is, a, it is fresh water flowing out of the abundance of our heart that have been truly transformed into the image of Christ. Neurons that fire together, wire together. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, Ephesians 6.17. And that neuroplasticity of the brain, as Dr. Weiss, one of our mentors, says, is our, is our superpower, mm-hmm. right? And Ike couldn't put two words together, as he said before, and yet he's now memorized over 250 passages of Scripture. He's in the Word daily. He's our Proverbs 3 man that's constantly moving forward into the Word and letting the living water transform him. It's been an amazing testimony, and Lord willing, we'll hear it to, uh, next, next week. And lastly here, we're facing trauma in this world. This is from The Body Keeps the Score, The Brain, The Mind, and Trauma. One does not have to be a combat soldier or visit a refugee camp in Syria or Congo to encounter trauma. Trauma happens to us, our friends, our families, and our neighbors. Research by the CDOC, uh, I'm sorry, CDC, has shown that one in five Americans was sexually molested as a child. One in four was beaten by a parent to the point a mark was being left on their body. One in three couples engaged in, in physical violence. A quarter of us grew up in alcoholic relatives, and one out of eight witnessed their mother being beaten or hit. That's five marks of trauma, and Ike experienced all five. Yet he's still here as Isaac the Proverbs 3 man. As human beings, we're, we belong to an extremely resilient species. Since time immoral, we have rebounded from our relentless wars, countless disasters, both natural and man-made, and the violence and betrayal in our own lives. But traumatic experience do leave traces, whether on a large scale or, as we've said before, the, the small T trauma of death by a thousand cuts. Join us next week on episode three as we dive deeper into Ike and Isaac, as we unpack these unhealed wounds, these traumas that are in life, and and search your soul. See if there's anything in your life, and please reach out to us. 24-7, that 512-238-0000 is available to you. Text us. Leave us a, a message. We will get back with you. Our, our call is the Isaiah 61 to free the captives, to set them free as Christ did for us, to give good news to the captives, to set the prisoners free. Will you join us? You've been listening to Be Transformed with Reverend Christopher Lesper. Be Transformed is an outreach of Romans 12 to Men's Ministry. If you or someone you know needs confidential help or are looking for a place to serve, you can text or call Christopher at 512-238-0000 or romans-12-2.org. That's romans-the-number-one-number-two-letters-t-w-o.org.